You are listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. We are doing this message series called Entrusted. Uh, and Entrusted is a series uh, about the stewardship of our entire lives, not just money, but uh, the stewardship, how we handle everything that God has given to us, whether it's our, our physical health, our, our, our spiritual lives, our souls, as Angela talked to us about uh, last week, our time, our money, our energy, everything. And um, I, I want to begin this morning's message by asking you a, a few questions. And this is the first one. What is the, the very first thing that we can learn about God from Scripture, from the Bible? The very first thing. Creator, good, good stuff. The very first thing from Scripture that we are able to know about God is that He is creative. Our God is creative. Uh, of course, we see that in, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We learn that He is creative before we learn that He is loving, before we learn that He is powerful, before we learn that He is holy, and He is all of that and so much more. But the very first thing that we can learn from Scripture about our God is that He is creative. Now, a few verses down from Genesis 1, chapter 1, we, uh, we find that uh, the first human beings are made in the image of God, uh, who is the creative of all creatives. He is creator God. And we, as humanity, the first human beings ever created, and all of us since, are created in the image of God. God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God. He created them male and female. He created them. We've all been created in the image of God, who is the creative of all creatives. And so my next question is, do you consider yourself to be a creative? Are you creative in the way you live your life? Now, before you start thinking of, well, you know, I'm, I'm not very good at drawing. I'm not very good at music. I, I'm not a, a good creative writer. No, I'm not, I'm not talking about those things. Certainly, that is a, a big part uh, of this whole idea of creativity, but it's not the only one. And we're going to talk about that this morning. Uh, we're going to talk about the creative life. God has entrusted a creative life to every single one of us. And whether you are an artist or an accountant, whether you are a musician or a mechanic, or whether you are a chef or a sheriff, uh, regardless of what you are, uh, the creativity of God is in all of us. It's, it's part of us being his image bearers, the creativity of God in all of us. And like all of the gifts that God has entrusted to us, Creativity that he's given us needs to be nurtured, and it needs to be stewarded well. And that's what I want us to talk about this morning. I guess I'll be talking, but anyway, uh, <laughs> if I'm being really honest. But uh, I hope that you will also, more importantly, allow the Holy Spirit to be speaking to you and pointing out maybe areas of creativity in your own life, whether it's as a, a spouse uh, or as a, a parent, or in whatever your voca vocation is, or maybe you're a ministry leader here at Vineyard Church, wherever it is that you do life and how, wherever your life is, is functioning, 
There is creativity that God wants to infuse in that in every area of our lives. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will come this morning and, and do that in all of us. So will you pray that with me? Holy Spirit, we, we welcome you. We've welcomed you with our worship. We welcome you with our hearts, our minds, our spirits. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and, and bring your peace to any, anything in our spirits this morning that, that is just feeling chaotic, that's feeling in any way um, just contrary to your peace that passes all understanding. Lord, bring your kingdom. Your kingdom is uh, you coming and setting things right, your joy and experience of your peace. And we invite you to come to every part of our lives this morning. Nothing, nothing withheld, but come, Holy Spirit, bring your kingdom to every part of who we are and who you've created us to be. We welcome you, and we welcome the creativity that you desire to bring to every part of our lives. Come and, and breathe. Breathe in us, Holy Spirit. New life, new freshness, new innovation, new ideas. We welcome you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So um, it's not just about artistic works, paintings, music, uh, creative writing. It's certainly part of that. That's a big, big part and a wonderful part of it. But creativity can and should be expressed in every area of our lives. And so for our purpose this, this morning, I want us to think of creativity as this, new ways of thinking about things in every area of our lives. Uh, that there would be just freshness, that we would uh, expect and desire and welcome and cultivate and nurture in every area of our lives. Wherever you find a way of doing things that is better than what has been done before, you're being creative, whether it is in the way you are you know, planning your meals, whether it is in the way that you are expressing love to your spouse, whether it is in the way that you do your job, uh, wherever you find yourself if, as you develop and cultivate new ideas and implement them, it's a, a creative expression. And I love uh, Proverbs 18.15 in the Living Bible says, intelligent people are always open to new ideas. In fact, they look for them. And that's part of that, just that desire, that eagerness to, to just welcome a, a freshness and a newness of ideas and, and experiences of God. And, and we don't have to look far. Just look around the world, the wonder of God's amazing creation. And I live in the same world that you do. I'm busy. I get uh, distracted with all kinds of things. And there are those days that I fail to just stop and whether it's literally smell the roses or, you know, just to enjoy the beauty of creation. That drive home, you maybe have had a, a less than stellar day, and as you're driving home, you see the sky, and it's gorgeous. And it's like, wow, those are some amazing colors. Those are some amazing colors. And I love going, you know, in the fall, going to the mountains and seeing the, the changing leaf colors. But you know what? There's some really pretty leaves here in Augusta in the fall. And just being mindful of that, the beauty and the wonder of God's creation, and, and just it's, it's on display all around us. God created the heavens and the earth 
And he, he said, let there be light. And there was light in the three colors of the primary colors and the, the spectrum of light. I don't know if you guys have ever noticed this Messiah Polyptic over here, this, this work of art that we had uh, that was created by a group of students at Messiah College in Pennsylvania. Uh, it, it, it's sort of based on that, the three colors of a spectrum of light. And the, the cool thing about it, there was a, a guy, Daniel Finch, who was a professor at Messiah. He still is. And uh, uh, Daniel grew up in Augusta, and he was a good friend of the vineyard. And uh, we had him, we commissioned him and his team to, to create this for us. And it, it's, it's about just recognizing that God and his beauty and his creations in everything. It's, a, it's about the textures, the textures, whether it's, it's a, a rock and the roughness of a rock or the smoothness of a, of a stone, that, of a river rock where water has gone over, just recognizing those, the beauty of that. Wind and running water, animals, uh, busy with activity and movement, and dance, if you will. He created sound and music, whether it's a, a, a thunderclap like we heard last night or birds chirping the beautiful melodies that God God created. It was part of his creation. And not to mention the billions of unique personalities that he's given to men and women around the world, and even the uniqueness of all of those fingerprints. Our God is a God uh, whose ideas are not stale. They are robust with freshness and with life. And creativity flows from the very character of our God who creates with innovation and with freshness of life. And and that's one of the things we should look at creation and and appreciate that and value that and literally slow down enough and get our noses out of screens and and, and just enjoy the beauty of the world around us. Uh, the, The world around us certainly should prompt us to worship God and God's creativity is on display not only in creation, it certainly is on display there. God's creativity is also on display in his redemption plan for us. You know, most all of the other religions of our world have a system by which the, the, the people uh, seeking to please their God or their gods they would have to earn that, that forgiveness. They would have to earn uh, their redemption. But our God, Yahweh, made salvation available to us apart from our ability to earn it. Uh, We cannot earn it. He sent Jesus to pay the price for my sin and for your sin and the sin of all the earth and all the world. And he offers us this forgiveness and salvation as a free gift, the creativity of that. All we have to do is to trust God and receive his gift of salvation given to us in Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul put it this way in Ephesians chapter 2. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork. The Greek word, his poema, from which we get the word poem. It's, it's like we are God's work of art created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So the creativity of God is in display in, in creation, but it's also on display in redemption. And we are, we are God's workmanship. God is working in us and he is bringing forth his good and loving purposes. We're called to continue God's 
creative work in every part of our lives. And that's what this is about this morning. The idea of, God, we know that you are at work all around us. You are at work in us. We want to partner with your good work, your good creative work uh, that brings honor and glory to you and also brings benefit to the world around us. This is what Jesus did when he was here on earth. Jesus modeled creativity in so many ways, particularly in the ways that he communicated uh, and just the general way that he lived his life. He was an incredibly gifted communicator. We see the writers of the gospel uh, even making note of the remarks from religious leaders and scribes who, who knew all the stuff, but they were amazed at the way in which Jesus communicated these profound uh, spiritual truths using such very meager and simple everyday images. He was an amazing communicator, unable to pack, unpack profound spiritual concepts through little stories called parables. He, he, he explained great truths by drawing in the sand, using a coin, uh, cursing a fig tree, just all kinds of incredible expressions by which he was able to communicate profound truths. He turned over tables. He put a child on his knee to, to illustrate important lessons. Jesus understood the incredible uh, power of using visuals and multi-sensory methods to communicate to his audience. He was a master communicator and the master of creativity. Guess what? The same Holy Spirit who empowered Jesus to live the life that he lived here on earth, including uh, the life of being a, a very creative communicator, guess what? That same Holy Spirit, he is still available to us today. The Holy Spirit refreshes us, and he also empowers us so that we can live creative lives and lives of innovation as well. One of, one of the very earliest references in all of Scripture, this was before, this was back in the beginning of, uh, of the Old Testament, back in Exodus, uh, it's early on that we see one of the first references to a person being filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, it was in the context of God giving Moses very sp specific instructions on how to go about building the tabernacle, sort of the mobile place of worship that embodied the presence of God for the children of Israel to come and to worship God. And he gave uh, Moses these specifics in Exodus chapter 31, he said this, Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver and bronze, to cut stone, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. The Holy Spirit enhanced Bezalel and the other craftsmen's natural abilities, with, first with wisdom, to fulfill God's instructions, uh, understanding, uh, to help design and to actually bring to fruition the tabernacle's complex design, workmanship, to, skill to accomplish that labor with accuracy. And, and he did this, the Holy Spirit did this for in Bezalel and all of the team that were working on the tabernacle. Now the tabernacle, again, represented the place of God's presence, the place of worship where the children of Israel would come. Of course, later on, Solomon built a more permanent temple structure 
But now, where is the temple of God? Inside of us, our bodies. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, the the Spirit of God indwelling each one of us. And guess what? The same Spirit who filled Bezalel uh, with wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and all kinds of skills, he wants to do the same for us, that our lives would be wonderfully adorned uh, with the presence of God, the manifest presence of God, resulting in creativity and innovation in our own hearts and in our own lives. Our worship welcomes the presence of God. That's just a a, a worship 101 uh, that we see from Scripture that we emphasize here at the Vineyard. And another worship 101 reality is this. We become like what or who we worship. And so uh, we want to welcome and worship the presence of God so that we can become more and more like Jesus and we can experience creativity in every part of our lives. The Holy Spirit, the Ruach, just as, as, as God, when he breathed into dust, he brought forth life. He wants to do that in every area of our lives. And he's looking for us to invite him to do that. So how can we foster creativity? Um, let me just say this, yes, before you say, well, I'm not a creative person. Yes, you are. You are. Um, It's just a matter of maybe it's never been fostered. It's never been nurtured. But God made you in his image. He made you in his image. He is the creative of all creatives. He is creator God, and he created each one of us to express creativity in all kinds of different ways. So let me just underscore that truth for everybody here this morning, including myself. We uh, creativity can and should be nurtured and fostered, and so I want to encourage in that. There's some very basic things that we can do. Um, one of them is just making time and space for in- inspiration and for creative thinking. We live busy lives. We fill our lives. Uh, with all kinds of things. As Roger shared a few weeks ago, we all have 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And if you've figured out a way to get more, please let us know. Um, But uh, yeah, we've got that same amount of time. So it's about how are we choosing to use it? Are we taking time to to, to just nurture that? When's the last time that, that you've taken a long walk in the woods? Not for a workout. I'm all for working out. That's a good thing but maybe just to, to stop and look at the, the, the moss growing in it or the ferns that are growing in nature and just look at the, the beautiful design of the leaves or, or, or the leaves and, and just notice the, the squirrels that are running and how they, they, they prance over limbs and then you take out your BB gun and shoot them. But anyway, <laughs> no, that's me. I'm sorry. I, am, I don't like squirrels. Anyway, One of the parts of God's creation that I'm having a hard time with right now. Um, Or maybe maybe nature is not your thing. Uh, Maybe, let me just ask you this. When's the last time you've been to an art museum? How many of you have been to the Morris Museum of Art down on Riverwalk? If you haven't been, you need to. It's gorgeous. Sunday afternoons are free. All right, Sunday afternoons are free. A gorgeous uh, collection. Uh, I think it's the largest collection of private, uh, private collection of Southern art in the world. It's a beautiful place. And uh, just to go and have an unhurried visit, maybe take a journal with you and just 
Maybe write some of the things. Sit down and and just, just write some of the thoughts that come to mind. What are you reading? What are you listening to? Are you listening to, to maybe music? And I'm a music person, so I'm always biased toward that. But um, I, I, I want to encourage you, maybe listen to a genre of music that you maybe have never listened to before, just to take the time and just to, to experience it. Uh, and what if you regularly set aside just time just to sit and think and to write down all kinds of you know, maybe what seems like disparate thoughts, just all kinds of just things fluttering out, but just to sit and to write those things and to write them down. And you never know what might come from them. And particularly if you are part of a team, uh, maybe in work or in ministry or your, your, your family as a team, when's the last time that you sat and maybe just came up with some, some ideas for uh, dealing with a, a particular situation that you are uh, encountering as a family? or as a team, just sitting and making time for thinking about the what-ifs, what-ifs. So make time and space for inspiration and creative thinking, and, and cultivate curiosity and never stop asking good questions. You know, curiosity is really the core of all creativity. It really is when you boil it down to its just very basic elements. Uh, it is required to improve both our skills and to figure out how things should work and work better. Uh, without curiosity, you're going to keep doing the same things over and over again. And you can go with, well, we've always done it that way, and we're going to have the same problems that we've always had, uh, which results in a stale and lifeless existence, whether that's your marriage or another relationship, whether that's your career, wherever it is. So uh, just cultivate curiosity. Spend time crafting thoughtful, and insightful questions. Questions maybe that you can first ask yourself, and then maybe ask someone who's very significant in your life. Maybe it's questions about you. Or, and, and also, I would say, take your questions. Take them to God. He loves our questions. Come and bring, bring him our questions, but cultivate curiosity. Never stop asking good questions. And then Feel free to generate lots and lots of new ideas. And let me just also say, understand that new ideas are not necessarily good ideas, right? But that's okay. Get comfortable with that. Uh, that, that, That's okay. Uh, It's important to do that. Thomas Edison, the amazing inventor, he had over 1,000 patents. He had over 1,000 patents. And he once said, to have a great idea, you have to have a lot of ideas. So if he had apparently over a thousand great ideas that resulted in patents, he must have had millions of just uh, ideas. And when you get all those ideas, you can sift through them to finally find that nugget of gold. But it starts with having lots and lots of ideas. Again, whether that's you individually or you working as a team. Another very simple thing we talk a lot about here, and I hope that you hear it because it's about listening, is improving your listening skills and never stop being a lifelong learner. Uh, Those two go together, whether you're listening to a podcast, whether you're having a conversation with someone who's more experienced with you than you are in a particular area. Um, I I remember when um, I was growing up, my my dad loved, um, he was very good with his hands, 
And uh, it was amazing, I think I shared with you a few weeks ago, that he lost four of his fingers when, when I was one year old, and he was 20, uh, through a welding accident, but he still loved working with his, his hands. He was able to do more with a thumb and uh, five fingers, on the other hand, than most of us are able to do with four hands. Uh, seriously, he was just um, really amazing in terms of mechanical stuff, but he loved woodworking. And when we lived in Louisiana when I was in middle school, he uh, had a friend from our church who was a, a pilot of, uh, for a commercial, he was a pilot for a local business. They rarely had him flying anywhere, but he had to be on standby 24-7. So one of the things that he took up was woodworking, and he became a really, really good woodworker. And my dad saw some of his work, and whenever he could, he would go over, I remember the man's name was Julian Smith. And he had a shop in his backyard. My dad would go over and he would watch and he would ask questions and he would learn. And my dad got into woodworking in a big way and uh, became an amazing woodworker in his own right with uh, just beautiful millwork uh, through houses that we have lived in and and the house that they live in now has got some absolutely gorgeous millwork in it because he he never wanted to stop learning. And, And there's something that's called beginner's mindset. When is the last time that you took up a hobby, uh, a subject that you have had absolutely no experience with? Researchers show that particularly for for adults in their middle-age years onto older years, that's a very healthy thing for us to do to actually be a, become a beginner at something. It's like it's a reset for your brain that causes your brain to just really uh, function in, in new and fresh and creative ways. And I would encourage you, if you haven't, if you haven't done that in a while, uh, whether it's maybe deciding to play flute at 50, hey, you know, Lizzo's made it cool again, right? So, yeah, so I mean, whatever it might be. Uh, or maybe it is taking up woodworking, or you've never done archery before. Uh, maybe as a, a 35-year-old who's always lived in the city in an apartment, and all of a sudden, you're taking up archery. You've got space. Uh, it, it's really important. I, I love, I'm a big music person, and uh, I, I enjoy all kinds of music. And for me, my Super Bowl was last Sunday night, the Grammys are more of a big deal for me in terms of awards kind of competitions and stuff like that. And so um, I I was really, really thrilled to see uh, Bonnie Raitt at 73 years old. Bonnie Raitt won her first Grammy for songwriting. She had won a bunch of Grammys prior uh, for singing other people's songs, done it very, very well. But last uh, week, she won her first Grammy for Song of the Year at 73. Pretty cool, huh? I was inspired. So yeah, it's like, watch out songs. Here they come, you know? (laughs) But new tricks can really be good for old dogs. I'm not calling Bonnie Raitt a dog by any stretch of the imagination. (laughs) But seriously, it, it is. It's about how are we putting ourselves to being able to experience beginner's mindset. I would encourage you, challenge you to do that. And as you do that, don't be afraid of failure. And I know that in many ways you're like, Reese, you are a perfectionist. You are a three on the Enneagram. So really, you're telling me don't be afraid of failure? I'm telling us, don't be afraid of failure. How's that? 
I'm telling us, don't be afraid of failure because you cannot cultivate and you cannot nurture creativity while you are afraid of failure. It just, they don't, they don't go together. You, you've got to have, have room. You've got to be willing to take risk. Uh, John Wimber, the, the founder, uh, the leader, the late leader of the vineyard, he talked about faith being spelled R-I-S-K. And it's true. Uh, we, we, we have to, to take those risks and we have to learn not just to tolerate failure, but actually to celebrate it, especially when we, with a new idea, we've researched it, we've thought about it in the ministry context, we've prayed about it, and we have executed it well, and for whatever reason it didn't work, hey, that's all right. Celebrate the fact that you tried something new, the cultivation of creativity and risk, aversion, rooted in failure and fear of failure, they don't work well together. So we got to get comfortable with, it's okay to, to, to mess things up and not get it right all the time. Uh, we got to get comfortable with that. And we also just quite honestly have to get comfortable and make space for having fun and for play. How, how, Often do we do that? I mean, just, just, just playing for the sake of play. I don't know what that looks like for you. It can look like all kinds of different things. Uh, what, what does play look like for you? Is it, is it going to putt-putt? Is it, is it uh, just you know, going and, 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 and just, uh, I don't know. What, what does it look like? Is it sitting and drawing, sketching? What, what, what does play look like for you? You know, Jesus himself said that we had to become more and more like children, and little children, they know how to play. At least they used to before we stopped, started giving them screens. Uh, so it's, it's, it's about children, they, you know, just to go and on that adventure of play. It's a spontaneous thing, no idea or care about making mistakes or where they're going in their adventure. It wasn't about avoiding mistakes, it was just about uh, you know, let's, let's just play. Let's let our imaginations take us to some fun places. Um, there was a, a study of creativity that was done at Berkeley back in the 60s. There was this fascination and a, and a, a, um, with the source of creativity, how it was to be cultivated and nurtured. And this one a psychologist decided to really focus his attention on architects. Uh, you know, architects is sort of that beautiful marriage of, 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 of beauty and function, because it's like you say, oh, they got to go together, right? It's not like, oh, look at that beautiful building. Oh, look at that beautiful building fall. You know, that's not a good combination. So you got to have beauty and the, the practical application for it to work. And, and what he did was he studied a group of architects, some of the best in their field, but even among some of those architects, some were considered more creative than others. And so he sort of separated the two, the ones that were considered highly creative and the ones that were maybe not as creative. And he asked them a bunch of questions. And, he's, and the basic question was, tell us about how you live your life week to week, day in, day out. And the big thing, the big conclusion that he drew from that study was the more creative architects had a regular rhythm of play in their lives. They were playing. They had, that was a part of whether it was just all kinds of, of, of different activities. They, they had a regular rhythm for play in their life. And I would ask you, is there time and space in your life for sheer play? 
I, I, I believe that God has called us uh, to, to live lives that are filled with all kinds of blessings, and I believe that, um, that, that one of those blessings is just the sheer joy of having fun. I mean, just having fun. And, and I would encourage you to, to, to not over-spiritualize this, but just ask yourself, let the Holy Spirit take you on a guide of, you know, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I had a friend, pastor, who said, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is fun. And it's important for us to, to just recognize this is the will of God for us, that we would all be creative and live creative lives. And I want to end with this this morning. One of the things that we can do knowing this is the will of God for us is to simply pray and ask God for more creative ideas that honor him and benefit the world around us. This is the will of God for us. And wherever it is in your life that there is staleness, that there is a lack of freshness, I would invite you and encourage you to pray and ask God to to give you creative ideas and to give you insight. It's God's will let me say this, that his church be more creative. Would you say, would you agree with that? So pray that the church, which has the most amazing message to share with the world around us, that we would be more creative in the way that we do that, that we would be more and more innovative in the way that we do our ministries. I'm so thankful for you know, the fact that we, we see that happening here, that we're not afraid of change here at Vineyard Church. One of the biggest things that we've changed since the beginning of the year was our storehouse food pantry and how we've shifted it to become a choice pantry. And we've had just tremendous uh, success with that. Great response from both the folks that we're serving. We served over 100 families Monday. 100 families Monday in the two sessions. Yeah, with, with over 40 volunteers. Yeah, 40 volunteers between the two sessions. And Mary Margaret was saying that one of the the clients was leaving the food pantry. She's like, this was so much fun. She's like, going to a food pantry? Yeah. And and, and just the the beauty of not being afraid to try something new and, and, and letting and doing, you know, praying over it, doing the research, planning well. But then there comes that point that you just have to, you have to pull the trigger. You have to try it, and, and you know, I'm so thankful that we've seen really wonderful success with it. Uh, but even if it had failed, we prayed over it. We sensed the leading of the Holy Spirit, and we gave it a, a good go with, with planning coordination. So let's unleash our creative potential and use it to communicate and to demonstrate the most compelling message that our world could ever know, that Jesus loves them that God loves them, the Holy Spirit loves them, and he uh, desires relationship with each and every one of us, regardless of what we have done, regardless of what we are doing. And let us pray and ask the Holy Spirit to just nurture that creativity in each one of us. And the word I kept getting uh, for just this whole message was that God wants to let the Holy Spirit breathe freshness, Freshness into relationships, freshness into uh, things that are stale, whether it's your business, whether it's your work setting, whether it's your relationship with God. He wants to pour out freshness. 
And I want to pray just a prayer of blessing as we begin our worship this morning, uh, as we go into worship and we welcome the presence of God. I want to encourage you to let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you and direct you. And uh, just put your attention here, guys. Everything's good. Um, I want you to be open to maybe a specific area in your life where the Holy Spirit wants to bring freshness. I'm so thankful that as I sit here and look at this group of people, that you guys, this is not a new topic for a lot of you. I mean, I I look out and I see people who are writers. I see people who are visual artists. I see people who are leather craftsmen. I see people who are amazing cooks and, and creative gardeners and all kinds of just different expressions of creativity. I see people who are innovators in business. I see people who do incredible cookies. All right? I mean, we're talking about the gamut. And I love that. And I want the Holy Spirit just to bless that even more in us as a body, as a church. Uh, Again, not for our own benefit only, but to benefit and bring honor and glory to God and to benefit the world around us. So can I pray that over us this morning as we begin worship together? Would you guys stand? And if you're comfortable just holding out your hands like you're going to receive a gift, I would invite you to do that. There's nothing magical in that. It just demonstrates a posture of openness to God and what he might want to do. Holy Spirit, I bless the power of your love, of your goodness on every person in this room. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and pour out your good gifts. Come and bring freshness. Come and bring life to that which is stale. Come, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, I bless the good work of your kingdom. I bless the work of your kingdom in in, in the minds of accountants. Uh, I bless the work of your kingdom in the the handiwork of of business people. I bless the work of your kingdom in, in, in coaches and those who instruct in sports. I bless the good work of your kingdom in every one of us. I thank you that it is your desire that we be a creative reflection of our creator God. And we ask you now to come and do that in each one of us in fresh and vibrant ways in which we can honor you, in which we can bless the world around us in Jesus' name.